0: And welcome to shameless the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff you're joined this week by me michelle andrews and you annabelle lee hi hello hi. everybody zara mcdonald we miss you a lot we miss you and we love you Zaz. yeah coming up on today's show what the hell happened in joe jonas and sophie turner's marriage we unpack the latest celebrity divorce announcement of 2023 Then Olivia Rodrigo anxiously answers whether her new single is actually a jab at Taylor Swift. Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet make their public debut as a couple. And we absolutely need to discuss how Justin Bieber's sartorial choices became the fixation of TikTok this week. But first, Annabelle, yeah. how have you found London?
1: I've been absolutely loving it. Yeah. I feel like every day has gone so fast, but we've achieved so much in like oh. the most <laughs> earnest way possible. But as well, I feel like every day I'm on the lookout for a celeb.
0: Yeah. Every day I turn to
1: you guys and I'm like, today's the day. And
0: we have been going to the spots mm. where celebrities are supposed to be. And I've still seen none. I was in London in July and I spent the five days I was here, like on the celeb hunt, dedicated to see a celeb. Didn't happen. And I was like, that's all good. Back in September, I've seen no one. We've
1: got a couple more days. Actually, I've also just remembered I have seen a celeb. If you, (laughs) No, I've seen two. If you used to be on YouTube, do you remember Dodie? Yes, the musician, I saw her yes. before I went to go and see this play called The Effect, which my second celeb spotting, Taylor Russell stars in. Okay, okay. I'm so sorry. You, <laughs> can't, I know. you I paid. can't pay for a <laughs> ticket to a theatre show where you know a celebrity is performing and categorise that as a celeb And spotting. it was also like I paid quite a bit. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> yeah. That's not a
0: thing. That's Doty not counts. a at all. Other highlights from London. We've kind of been living together for the last yeah. week. I mean, we're all in kind of a townhouse. And how have you
1: found me as a roommate? You have been, honestly, to the listeners at home, Michelle is a joy to listen to as a host. You are like just as bubbly and energetic at all times during the day and high-energy like Yeah, I have been loving it so much. It's been so nice spending all the downtime together and like actually just chatting and being silly.
0: Yeah, we obviously miss Zaz so much, but you're right, like staying with the girls as a team in the one house all week. We've had so many like girly chats as well. And of course, we met so many of the shameless listeners at a pub in Soho on the weekend. We did an impromptu call out on our socials and we said, if you're nearby, come to Shakespeare's head, have a drink with us. We did start by shouting the listeners' drinks (laughs) and then very quickly we realised that was not a smart financial decision. It got out of her. It was so much fun. So many of you came out. We had like the best day in the sunshine. It was such a nice way to spend the weekend while Mm. we're here in London. So yeah, we've only got a couple of days left. It's been a total whirlwind. Two more days though to spot a celeb. I'm still hopeful. Two more days. We are headed to a very cringe Mamma Mia party tonight. I'm so excited. I don't think we're going to see a celebrity there. I think the only chance we have is tomorrow
1: night. Yeah, and my birthday dinner. My birthday is actually on Friday as well, which is going to be exciting. But no, I have hope. I have hope and I'm excited <laughs> for tonight. You're not, but I am trying to keep the energy high. You sold me on going to this Mamma Mia. It's called Mamma Mia, the, the musical, the party. Oh, yeah.
0: And it's like a four course dinner. We paid Again, an exorbitant pricey. amount to go. You roped me in and I've spent
1: 200 and something dollars on a ticket.
0: <laughs> and I don't want to go. And now I'm in this place being like Annabelle roped me in and I think now I'm going to have to commit and just go to Mama Mia, the
1: musical, the party. You have to go in with the mindset of this will be unhinged and fantastic, and it will be. <laughs> I have a recommendation for you all. Yesterday morning as I was getting ready for the day, I popped on a podcast episode. It was Dua leaper's At Your Service interview with Troy Savan. Nice. It is so nice. Firstly, just to listen to two people who are clearly friends. Dua Lipa was the opening act for Troy Sivan's really? tour a really long time ago, like years and Doesn't years ago. Doesn't that show how far she's come, right? It was during her Be The One era. Anyway, this episode details... Troy Savan's life, obviously, but more specifically how he feels about this whole idea of identity and like how he identifies with, for example, being Jewish, being Australian, being gay. I especially found it interesting the way he spoke about his relationship with Judaism, in oh. that he doesn't necessarily identify as religious, but he ties Judaism with family and culture and childhood, and it's so, so important to him, but he doesn't believe in God. And he was saying that, like, I hope for my family in the future they'll feel the same way I feel about Judaism. It's like this really specific family vibe that I've found so, so beautiful. So like culturally, he finds it
0: a really great point of connection, but not so much from the real spirituality religion side. No,
1: no, not at all. Anyway, I highly recommend this interview. I think you'll all really enjoy it. Oh my God, I cannot
0: wait to listen to that. All right, so my recommendation, Good Material by Dolly Alderton. We were lucky enough to get an advanced copy of this book. I have been devouring it in my bedroom every single night. I have loved all of Dolly Alderson's books. I'm obviously a huge fan, as are you, Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Good material. What I'm loving about it is that it's actually written from the perspective of a male character and it's him trying to figure out why his girlfriend left him. And so I think it's such a relatable topic. I know that it's written from the perspective of a man, but I actually think so many women will love it because so many women have found themselves in relationships. It reminds me of that, sorry, a bit tangential, but that song between Taylor Swift and Bon Iver, mm. where she's saying, I gave so many signs, and he's saying, you didn't give me a sign. And exile. She's saying, yeah, exile. Yeah, exile. She's telling him, I have been screaming at you to do something, and he's just oblivious to it. Exile? If it was a book would be good material by Dolly Alderton. It's not out until November, so obviously very lucky to be reading it right now, but definitely pre-order it so you're one of the first to get your hot little hands on it. I am absolutely adoring the experience so far and I just think it's it's so well written. I it's the kind of book where I've just inhaled inhaled pages and then looked out at the page number and I've I've just read like 70 pages without stopping.
1: The best kind of reading. And Dolly's writing is like my favourite style. Easy. It's not
0: snobbish. It's so easy to read, but it's really clever at the same time, which I think is the most difficult kind of writing to nail. Mm. Smart, but not pretentious. Yeah. So definitely pre-order that one. I want to do it for book club. I'm really loving the experience so far. Shall we jump into the first segment of the episode, Annabelle? Yes. What the fuck is going on between Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner?
1: Well, honestly, we were so confused. We are so confused. This morning, we woke up to the news that Joe has filed divorce papers. Yes, it's it's happening. It's happening.
0: We weren't sure if it was happening. We're going to take you on the ride with us, guys. Before we dive into these two and their divorce specifically though, I just want to take a second to acknowledge that 2023 is the year of the big celebrity breakup. I mean, we had Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn, Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez, Sophia Bush and Grant Hughes, Sophia Vergara and Joe Mangianello, Britney Spears and Sam Asghari, Reese Witherspoon and Jim Toth, and now Joe Jonas and Sophie Turnart. There are others as well. Billy Porter left his long-term partner. There are so many celebrities who have gone through these cataclysmic relationship breakups this year. And I just wanted to acknowledge that up top. This is the year of like divorce again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And even what you were saying about Billy, Porter. Similarly, like Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn, big relationship breakup. Not necessarily divorce, but it's like, it's not a good year for relationship. De facto rellos. I'm putting de facto
0: couples into this as well. We don't need to be married. It is still divorce again. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So for a little bit of a relationship backstory on Joe and Sophie, I have been like a huge fan of this couple. I know you have been as well for quite a while. I am a huge fan of Sophie
0: Turner. (laughs) I I. I am not a Jonas Brothers stan. I have felt a little confused about the Jonas Brothers fandom. Don't I hate. Don't hate. You and I were talking about this <laughs> yesterday in the apartment. I think there is a like semi-generational gap. Mm. Those kind of gaps that we talk about where there's only three years between you and me, but I missed the Jonas Brother hysteria by three years. I was on Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. So was I. And High School
1: Musical. I was more of a Camp Rock girl. Yeah,
0: okay, so Camp Rock, I think, is what I missed. And I have never really understood the Jonas Brother obsession.
1: I understand it. I was a huge <laughs> Jonas fan. The TV show Jonas, I used to watch it on like. Do they have their own show. Yeah, they did years and years ago. It used to play on like Saturday Disney. Anyway, so this incoming information is well known to me, if you guys aren't aware, Joe is a Jonas brother. He is 34 years old. Famously, he's known for dumping Taylor Swift via a 20-second phone call. <laughs> Sophie is an actress best known for playing Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones. She is about seven years his junior. She's 27, which I actually didn't realise she was younger than him. Yeah,
0: when they got together, she was only 19 years old. He was 26. So yeah. like,
1: a, I think... Not a crazy age gap,
0: seven years, but I think a pretty important age gap if you're thinking of a teenager
1: and then a guy who's like well into his twenties. Yeah, but that being said, she was also like in the industry for a while. Yada, yeah, yada. yeah, yeah. They now have two daughters together. Their youngest is one year old.
0: Yeah. So with that background, the events of this week have truly been so wild. I think this is. One couple that people really love, a couple that people thought were really stable, and it turns out that is the opposite of the truth, TMZ was the one to get the jump on this story. TMZ is doing God's work this Mm. year. They are at the forefront of every major celebrity story. I don't know if they've had new journalists or new editors come into TMZ, but they are Killing it. They've broken every major breakup story, and this was no exception. On Sunday, they published the headline Exclusive Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner Headed for Divorce. The article read as follows Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are headed toward divorce, TMZ has learned. Sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ Joe had his people contact and consult with at least two LA area divorce lawyers, and he is on the cusp of filing divorce docs to end his marriage to Sophie. I didn't want to believe it.
1: (laughs) I really didn't want to believe it, but whoever... So did you think this was bullshit? I was hoping it was bullshit, but I guess... Your mind and your heart were saying two different things. My gut was saying... Eek. Yeah, This yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. true but messy. So whoever this source was told the tabloid that there have been serious issues in the couple's marriage for six months. This line is the real kicker though. We're told over the last three months Joe has been caring for their two young children pretty much all of the time, even as his band has been touring. We're told Joe currently has both kids as the group plays around the US. Mm. So this is clearly coming from Joe's camp, we can speculate, but yeah. I mean, if it's not officially from Joe's camp,
0: it's clearly someone close to Joe. TMZ had some good evidence. They had this source, for starters, plus they had pap shots of Joe Jonas out and about without his wedding ring. And I Mm. think, yes, whenever we say this on the podcast, listeners come back to us and say, I go without my wedding ring all the time if I'm showering, exercising, whatever. I get that. But if you're a celebrity and you know you're in a spot where you're going to be papped, that's a big decision to make to go sans wedding ring. Yeah, And then there's the fact that in August, Joe and Sophie just sold their house, their home, for $15 million, and they only bought that a year ago. So quite an impromptu decision to sell something that you literally just bought together. Yeah. And I think people looked to that and connected the dots and said, yeah, they're probably splitting. The funniest thing about this story, guys, is that... <laughs> We, as in Annabelle, myself, Rhiannon and Charlotte, who we are staying with from the Shameless Media team, we got a tip off about this story, I think it was two days, two days before TMZ first reported that Joe was leaving Sophie. Before we got that, two days before we got that, we heard from a friend Mm. something interesting that made us go... What? Huh. Like, this was before
1: these two hit the news at all. We yeah. heard this little celebrity tidbit and we were like, weird. So, essentially, we're obviously in London. We were catching up with a friend who lives in New York. Yeah. Going out for dinner on a Friday night. In the Uber, she goes, I actually spotted Joe at a club a little while ago with a bunch of his friends. It was at like 3 a.m., acting, I guess, kind of like a single guy. Yeah, she was essentially saying, Random tidbit,
0: guys, but like I saw Joe Jonas recently, and he looked single. Mm. And we were all like, "Huh?" And then we sat with that for a little bit, and we we're like, "What an in- like just random." Like we didn't read too much into it, but like that's random. Yeah, that it's interesting for someone to observe a celebrity and go, "Oh." Single vibes. I know that you can be out at 3am at a club and you can still be happily married, you can still be happily, like, a great father, all mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But she was saying he was giving single energy. Yeah. To make a note of it was interesting. She was He was sending out single Single-ing. boy energy. Uh, we just found that so interesting that we had that little piece of information and we wanted to bring that to the table because I think it also gives... Maybe just like a little bit of colour to this story that's a little bit different
1: to the narrative in the media right now. Yeah, and it was also just like what was with that timing because we hadn't heard a thing. We were actually having a conversation about the celebrities that we'd spotted over the past month and then that came up coincidentally. Back to the timeline though, we had that TMZ report And then things got super, super confusing. (laughs) On Sunday at a Jonas Brothers concert in Texas, Joe sang, I'd say, a heartfelt rendition of the song Hesitate, which he has famously revealed in the past to be a love song about Sophie. And then, as this was unfolding, the Jonas Brothers official (laughs) Instagram page did a collab post with Joe. Yeah, like,
0: this is the most unsettled <laughs> thing so ever. It was weird. the Jonas
1: Brothers official page <laughs> just with Joe Jonas as a collab. Yes, and Joe's ring was visible and the caption was all about family. Yeah, yeah. they were like spending some family time. Exactly. It read, happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. This tour has been incredible so far. Having a little family time in the Texas sunset tonight before a big Austin show tomorrow. So they're giving
0: family man, wedding ring, clearly visible. Joe's mm. in the middle of the group. Like, mm. kind of trying to say the reports you're reading aren't true. Then, a couple of days after that, in the thick of it all, Joe posted a black and white close up shot of him on Instagram. Basically thrusting his ring at the lens. (laughs) This was so weird. Like his wedding ring was front and centre. There was no reason to share this photo. It wasn't seemingly to promote anything in particular. It seemed to be a response to the headlines to subtly or actually very obviously say, they're bullshit, don't read into it, here's my wedding ring, why would I be posting this photo if we were anything but together? But then... On Wednesday, the day after we got the wedding ring photo on Joe's account, the definitive news came that divorce papers have been filed and they've been filed by Joe. So both TMZ and People Magazine have gotten their hands on the documents. The documents claim, and I quote, the marriage between the parties is irretrievably broken. The filing reveals they had a prenuptial agreement. It's Joe divorcing Sophie. It doesn't mm. feel like this kind of joint thing where they're both on the same page. His legal rep is actually a guy named Tom Sasser who was also Tiger Woods's divorce lawyer when that scandal happened, which is funny. We're doing that scandal series at the moment. So a little bit of a tie in there. I just, I don't know. This story has really befuddled me. Like I'm really, really confused about what's going on because the TMZ article that confirmed everything to say, yes, they're definitely divorcing. We have seen and obtained the documents also spoke to a source again clearly from Joe Jonas's side who said Sophie likes to party he likes to stay at home they have very different lifestyles like what why is this so messy and yuck like yeah. why is
1: it so anti Sophie it's also interesting Zara sent this TikTok into our Slack channel about this and it was a TikTok resurfacing a past video that they'd done where Joe and Sophie are like, who's better at this? Who'd rather do this, etc. And one of the mm. questions was, who's the homebody? Or? Who's the homebody between you? Yeah, and they both pointed at Sophie. Yeah. So it's just like nothing adds up. It is so confusing. I also just find it so funny that this whole segment we've just been going, but then, and <laughs> then, and like I'm out of breath and I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I am really confused.
0: I feel like this has been... Incredibly incongruous with who these two are. Uh, them as a couple, we don't, they're so private. We never got wedding photos from them. I think Sophie might have shared one photo two years after they walked down the aisle. They're mm. so private, they never let us into their big day. They haven't even told us their daughter's name. Their second daughter is unnamed, as far yeah. as we know. I don't think they'll ever tell us. They've never shared a photo of the girls. They are as private as you can get. For Hollywood A-listers, right? So to take that sense of privacy and then consider the way this divorce announcement has come out, I am just so confused what's gone on. And I'm really confused by the level of animosity that these sources clearly have against Sophie. Mm. We're not stupid. We know that the worst thing you could say about a woman or the worst thing societally is to say that a woman is a bad mother or to imply that she's not committed to her children. And now Joe's Family and friends or sources close to him have done that twice. They did that in the first TMZ article and then they doubled down and said she likes to party, he likes to stay at home. They have very very different lifestyles. That is – something has happened here where he's really gone low or he's had his feelings hurt or ego bruised in some way and he's lashed out and retaliated and he's known that this is the blow that's going to hurt her the most – I just feel like this is so ugly for them and it doesn't add up and I'm confused how it entered the ether in the first place, but yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Joe Jonas. I feel like that is – if if he is behind it and we can't be sure, it could just be rogue people around him going to the media and saying this about Sophie, I just think it's the lowest you can go.
1: And there are – not to be all like, think of the children, but there are kids involved and it is so messy. She's
0: also off like – The reason she hasn't been with the kids is because she's filming a TV show called Joan in the UK right now. Mm. He's touring around the US. The kids have to be with one guardian. Yeah, Children are so often with the mum, and we don't blink an eye, Mm. that in this one occasion they happen to be touring with the dad and that's seen as some like egregious misgiving on the mother's part. Sophie Turner hasn't worked that much since she had kids. Isn't it her right to try and... Go and reinvigorate her career.
1: Yeah, and let's not pretend that that wasn't a conversation you two had in private about what was going to happen over Mm -hmm. the next few months. Like, now it's been extrapolated to be a weapon. It just feels like it's been weaponized against
0: her and I don't like it and I never will. Coming up after the break, is Olivia Rodrigo's single, Vampire, really about Taylor Swift? Plus, Jade Yarbrough shares her side of that Noosa video. But first, a word from today's sponsor.
1: Oh god, I have no notes <laughs> written for this, so let's just. What is roll. the intro? Give it to me. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five stories from oh, the Ruffle and Topley. Oh no, <laughs> you loved your Something own joke so much. Pop culture news cycle. Michelle, London baby <laughs> Andrews. What have you got for me?
0: All right, our first story. Olivia Rodrigo addresses fan theory that Vampire is about Taylor Swift. That is from Enemy. Okay guys, this story has layers just like the story we told you of <laughs> first. So before we update you on what's happened this week, we're going to give you context on everything that's gone down between Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift over the last couple of years because there is a lot going on here. Fans ourselves included, Annabelle Lee, Mm -hmm. have been speculating that Olivia and Taylor have not been getting along for quite some time. Where did that begin?
1: Okay, so this is so interesting to me. Olivia has been very vocal over the years about her adoration for Taylor. She told Enemy this in May 2021. I've always looked up to Taylor since I was literally five years old. Obviously, I think she's the best songwriter of all time, but she's so business savvy and she really cares about her career in that regard too. That's been really inspiring for me to watch somebody take control of their career and their life like that. Mm. When Driver's License hit number three on iTunes, directly below two of Taylor's songs, Olivia posted a screenshot of that to Instagram with the caption, Next to Taylor on the US iTunes chart, I'm in a puddle of tears. Taylor, then commented on that post saying, that's my baby and I'm proud. So they developed, I'd say, some sort of like mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which Taylor has done for a bunch of other musicians as well.
0: Yeah. And also Taylor, I'll never forget, there was that headline about Taylor gifting Olivia a ring. It was a ring that Taylor had worn the entire time she had written red. So she gifted that ring to Olivia. And I remember Olivia posting about that. So these two... They weren't friends per se, but they had a very cosy, simpatico kind of musical relationship. Then, Olivia released a song called Deja Vu in April 2021, and fans began drawing comparisons to Taylor's song that had come out two years prior, Cruel Summer. Mm. Now, it turns out Olivia interpolated, which essentially means... A re-recording of a melody, so it's not as direct as a sampling. A sampling is essentially just taking something from another song and adding. And you have to pay that
1: artist. You have a to pay. It's like a whole. Mm. Yeah, it's
0: very. Uh, it has to be more formal and yeah. like an agreement. Interpolating might be seen as a way to get around sampling, mm. where you're you're being heavily inspired by another song or some element of another song, and then you're adding to it. So Olivia did this with "Cruel Summer." but she didn't actually credit Taylor or Cruel Summer or its co-writer Jack Antonoff on Deja Vu. So when Olivia started getting called out for that, she then quietly added Taylor and Jack Antonoff as co-writers to the song and according to reports, had to start paying them royalties too. So my interpretation of events here. Is that on Olivia's side, she's thinking, Oh, I'm just being inspired by Cruel Summer. I have listened to the song, I have loved that song, and I am so heavily inspired by the vibe, I want to create my own kind of spin on it. Yeah. Taylor Swift, it seems like, interpreted this event as copying. Yeah. Copying without credit. There was some kind of behind-the-scenes disagreement Mm. and then Olivia has bowed down and not just given Taylor co-writing credits, she's given her some of the royalties to deja vu.
1: Yes. So from then on, Taylor and Olivia, they stopped publicly supporting one another. In August this year, when asked about whether Olivia is going to the, as we know, oftentimes celebrity-filled Eras tour, Olivia responded saying, I haven't yet I'm going to Europe this week.
0: Yeah. So that was strange. I mean, this is a woman who said Taylor was like her favourite person in the world, favourite musician. I mean, one time she gushed, she is the kindest individual in the whole world. Yeah. So if Olivia was saying that and then all of a sudden not going to the Eras tour – I don't think it's crazy for people to point to that and say there's definitely some kind of rift here. Fans have also suggested that it's a slight jab at Olivia Rodrigo for Taylor Swift to have Sabrina Carpenter as her, what's it called? Introductory opening act. act. Opening yeah. act. Yeah.
1: Introductory <laughs> act. <Introducing>. Introductory offer.
0: <laughs> as her opening act, people have seen that as a real jab because Sabrina famously was known to be the other woman in the driver's license
1: Joshua Bassett, Joshua yeah. Bassett
0: controversy. So if you're going to pick someone that is kind of seen as Olivia Rodrigo's
1: rival, you would pick Sabrina Carpenter. Mm, I stand by this theory. Yeah, I really think it checks out. Fast forward to July when Olivia released her new single, Vampire, which is a bop. From her up- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Objectively, which, that's way, not an opinion, that's just a fact. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> the lyrics of this song... Are interesting if you do listen to them. If you, because I'm the kind of person that when I listen to songs, I don't really listen to the lyrics.
0: I have um, I listened to this song so many times, and not once did my little pea brain
1: think that's about Taylor Swift. I was just like, "Mm, it's about (laughs) vampires. It's
0: giving Twilight. Twilight. It's giving Edward
1: Cullen fans. On the other hand, their brains are a little bigger than ours. Maybe they should host this podcast. (laughs) On social media, they have suggested that perhaps it's a song about Taylor Swift. So much so that Olivia was asked about it point blank in an interview with the Guardian. And Mish, her responses were pretty clunky. So clunky. So when Olivia was asked, is Vampire
0: about Taylor Swift, she responded with this. How do I answer this?
1: <laughs> Just say no, like if it's not.
0: <laughs> she goes, how do I answer this? I mean, I never want to say who any of my songs are about. I've never done that before in my career and probably won't. I think it's better to not pigeonhole a song to being about this one thing. The journalist then wrote, she laughs nervously. She often laughs nervously. I can relate to that too. Then she said, I was very surprised when people thought that. Look, Olivia, babe. (laughs) If it's not about Taylor Swift, you would not begin your answer by saying, how do I answer this? <laughs> because you would answer it by saying no. And also the excuse of, I never want to say who any of my songs are about. That's not a legitimate response here. Because if you just told us, no, you're still not telling us who the song's about. Yeah, You're just telling us it's not about Taylor and you're putting this. You know that this has been a long running rumor that there's some beef between the two of you. Mm. If you said no, you'd put that to bed. Yeah, You saying, how do I answer this? She's, I'm surprised mm. people think that you are adding fuel to the fire. She's you are trying to actively, morse code us. <laughs> she's Morse Cod and look, Olivia, we're finally picking up on it. We might not have picked up on the vampire <laughs> lyrics, but we're picking up on this, and I think it's definitely suggesting that the song might be partially about Taylor. Shall we actually give the listeners these lyrics? Because obviously, as we said, when we listened, we didn't hear it. But then seeing this interview, we went back and we've got the lyrics to read out. And I want to hear people's
1: thoughts. Okay. So here are Are some of the lyrics. No, no, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. I used to think I was smart, but you made me look so naive. The way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodsucker, fame fucker, or dream crusher. In the- okay. The, <laughs> in the, the clean radio version, <laughs> but the proper lyric is Bloodsucker, fame fucker,
0: bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. Look, that could be about Taylor. Now mm. that I'm reading this, and if Olivia's opinion is that. Taylor screwed her over. She doesn't think she copied. If Taylor thinks that she did and then asked for royalties and sucked her dry. Yeah. Then yeah, I can I can see how those lyrics might be written in that way. But also I want to give nuance to mm-hmm. this because I don't think Vampire in and of itself as a whole song could just be about Taylor. I think it could be about a bunch of different circumstances where Olivia felt that she was taken advantage of, right? Cuz there are other lyrics like this. You said it was true love, but wouldn't that be hard? You can't love anyone because that would mean you had a heart. I tried to help you out. Now I know that I can't because how you think is the kind of thing I'll never understand. That to me reads as like, I don't know how that could be about Taylor Swift. Yeah. How could you say Taylor Swift isn't capable of love? Like that doesn't fit into Mm. this context that we're talking about here. So I wonder if the song is inspired by a few different experiences with a few different people.
1: Yeah, perhaps maybe not creating an entire song about Taylor so as not to draw attention to the whole drama. Back to the Guardian interview, though. Olivia said this. When I released my first album, I was so green as to how the music industry worked, the litigious side. I feel like now I know so much more about the industry and I just feel... Better equipped in that regard. It wasn't something I thought about too much. I think that's definitely talking about yeah. Taylor.
0: When I first released my album, I was so green as to how the music industry worked. The, the litigious, litigious side. side. We know that something probably <laughs> happened here mm. with lawyers, with mm. legal teams. I think it's true. I think there's definitely something between Olivia and Taylor. And I find it disappointing because I love them both. And I think they're incredible musical acts. And it would be so nice for them to actually be... On good terms, I find it a real
1: shame that they're not. Or for Olivia even to have that, like, real genuine mentor-mentee relationship with somebody in the industry who's had so much experience. Yeah. I kind of wish that that was, like, maintained, I guess. Yeah,
0: but then I'm not going to hold it against either of them either because if I felt copied, I can't guarantee that I would just get over that and I would be fine with that. And on Olivia's side, if I felt like I was being unfairly branded as a copier, as we said, interpolation is very much in the gray area. It's what do you define as copying? What do you define as inspiration? I think both of their interpretations of events could be valid and that's the shame about this that I can Mm. see both sides. I just love them both a lot and I love their music a lot and unfortunately I think it's
1: accurate that there is some serious, serious water under the bridge. Yeah, particularly as well maybe because they kind of share similar audiences as well Mm. as maybe where that, I don't know, sense of competitiveness might come from. And they would be competitive. They're two of the most talented musicians in the world. Of course
0: there might be an element of competitiveness there between two women who have reached the top of their field and one, to be number one. So I get it. Maybe they'll patch it up, but I think this will not be the last we hear of this. My second story Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet spotted packing on PDA at Beyonce's Los Angeles show. That is from People. Guys, about a month after the reports that these two were over, they are very, very much still on because they went to Beyonce's Renaissance tour
1: and they were seen kissing up a storm. (laughs) Yeah, so TMZ got videos and pictures and I, we love this. We mm. love this. I'm like thinking ship names. What do we call them? Do mm. we call them Kimmy? Do we call them, <laughs> I don't know, Timmy? Oh, Kimmy.
0: Gotcha. Kimmy, I think we would need to call them. Kimothay. Timely. Timely. Timely.
1: Let us know, guys. Let us know what you prefer. (laughs) So these two were first linked back in April, but met back in January at Paris Couture Week. The only proof we had of them being together before now was anonymous sources, like creepy pap shots, pics in their cars, in driveways, etc. But also, I will say, Timmy, His Instagram content has been slaying recently.
0: I think Timothy Chalamet's content is slaying in a very Gen Z way, which is not to hate on the Gen Z audience. He's doing that whole, oh, I didn't see the camera there and I'm just happy to look so, like, I'm so casual and, like, I, I didn't see you and I'm just being so chill. It's giving a Kylie Jenner behind the camera vibe. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. It's completely changed. It he has. Is, changed. He is now a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But randomly, I've been such a hater of this relationship. When we first reported that they were together in April, and we kind of discussed a world where mm. Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner would be in love, I was so confused, so baffled, did not get it. And then I literally just had to see five seconds of them kissing at a Beyonce concert. I think they look so cute together. I think they look amazing. I get it. Like everything clicked for me as soon as I saw her leaning back over her shoulder and him leaning forward and them kissing in that way and I saw clips of him like kissing her hand and stuff. I don't care what people say. People are trying to tell me, you listeners who I love to absolute bits, I love the listeners, listeners keep DMing me, (laughs) telling me that they're looking at a pap, camera and this is all set up and it's all for PR and it doesn't mean anything. To those beloved listeners... Bullshit. I believe this relationship so much. There is something about these two that I genuinely think they're in love. I genuinely think this is a thing and I could not be more on board if I tried. It's so random. It must be true. I was a hater. I've become a lover (laughs) and I'm just here for it, guys. Our third story, exclusive. Jade Yarbrough breaks silence on that Noosa video. That is from the Daily Telegraph. Of course, guys, when we say that Noosa video, or rather when the Daily Telegraph put that in their headline. They are referring to the January brawl between Carl Stefanovic, the Today Show host, and Michael Clark, the former Australian cricket captain. They were on that holiday in Noosa with their significant others, the sisters Jasmine and Jade Yabra. Michael was famously seen in that video shirtless, yelling, dishevelled. A passerby saw the entire thing, filmed it, and sold it to the media. And it was what was revealed in this video, what Michael was yelling about, what his partner was coming back to him on Annabelle, that Mm. revealed a very uncomfortable story.
1: Yes, that was that Michael had reportedly cheated on Jade with his ex-girlfriend. PA Nations found up Pip Edwards the month prior. So what happened, the passerby told the media was that Jade slapped Michael. Carl stepped in. The scuffle ensued. Pip then famously spoke to the media about the whole ordeal, telling the Daily Telegraph, this is not my circus. This is such a good quote. (laughs) Yet again, Michael, in his true nature, has not taken responsibility for his actions. And I was blatantly lied to. I will always find that quote so entertaining. All right. So
0: eight months later, Jade Yarbrough has sat down with journalist Jonathan Moran for a bit of a question answer. Article. We're going to read you our favourite bits so we can unpack them together. A bit of a language analysis. (laughs) When asked about the public's enduring fascination with this argument, Jade responded The constant commentary has created this false sense of intimacy for people like they know me and what happened like they were there. This feeling like I'm being watched constantly has been intense and isolating, but then it was also really heartening to have so many people I don't know come up in person or DM me to say, I've been through that. I just didn't have to go through it in public so in some ways that – helped. She also said most people don't have theirs splashed on the front page of the paper or dissected on breakfast TV. I felt heartbroken and deeply embarrassed. I just wanted to hide forever. Eventually I made my peace with it. I had to find self-compassion and accept that I'm human and I'm just doing my best. I can only stand up and own my share of responsibility for what I do and say. I cannot control what anyone else does or says.
1: Yeah. Now, a bit of important context here too, this was all published by the same publication who, in July, not only reported that Jade and Michael are back together, but that friends and family close to Jade were disappointed.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting to me that, I mean, Deadly Telegraph was the one to break this story Mm. in Jan, share the video in Jan, they were the ones to report that Jade and Michael had rekindled in July and speak to sources close to the couple who said, well, close to Jade, who said, we don't want this, we don't want her to be back with him. And then she's gone to the Daily Telegraph in August, September to give this interview. It's just so interesting to me that despite the Daily Telegraph being the ones to break this, they're also the ones to get the one-on-one interviews with the people involved in it. It's really, I find it a bit strange. The journalist asked Jade point blank whether the widespread rumors about her and Michael being back together were true. And her response was cryptic and I want to unpack it with you. She said, This year has been so challenging dealing with everything, working my way through it all, healing and finding my feet again. I've realised actually what's best is to just be focused on myself and my business for now. So, I mean, first reading of that, you might go, oh, so she's not with Michael Clark? They're not back together. But again, just what we spoke about with the Olivia Rodrigo answer if you're not back with him, you would point blank say no. Any PR professional would tell you to not have any ambiguity. If you're not back together, say that. Mm. Just get. It should be a one-word response, no. Or yeah. three words, no, that's
1: thank you. Absolutely, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah.
0: If you are back together, and obviously that's a difficult narrative to kind of tell the public given what we know, given what Pip Edwards spoke to the media about, you would give a cryptic answer like this. Yeah. Because, yes. She hasn't lied to us. She hasn't lied. She said, what's best is to just be focused on myself and my business. That's not lying. She could technically be focused on herself and her business and not as focused on her rekindled relationship with Michael Clark. Like all those things can be true.
1: And I just think... I just think with answers like this, it's always it always pays off to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah, it's giving how do I answer this kind of vibes. Because if she wasn't with him, you would so happily tie it up and put it to bed. You wouldn't be like, um, so very happy. For the second
0: time in this episode, it's giving
1: how do I answer this? <laughs> how does she answer it? You answer it? it with the
0: truth. Just tell us. Just tell us. <laughs> Our fourth story: Why is Justin Bieber dressed like that for Haley's event? That is from Glamour magazine. On last week's episode, we spoke at length about Haley really leading the charge on fruit-themed makeup and skincare as a trend. She had her strawberry glazed makeup launch and she had a big event about that. She held it at Krispy Kreme and she rocked up looking maybe the hottest she has ever looked. She is so stunning. She wore a red strapless mini dress, strawberry earrings, all the kind of matching strawberry accessories. She had the gorgeous strawberry themed makeup, lots of blush. She just looked stunning, dressed to the nines. Mm. Justin, however, was wearing a grey hoodie, sweatshorts. He had his hoodie tied up underneath his chin and he had a pink cap
1: on top of his hoodie and Crocs on his feet. So the pink cap was him maybe trying to fit the theme. What? Maybe. Because no. of the strawberry thing. I'm, and this is me throwing oh, really? him a bone. But nah. it was bizarre. I think if it was a red cap, she's been wearing red. Yeah. I don't think we can classify a pink cap on his silly little oh, head. Don't get me wrong. I hated it. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't explain why. I can't otherwise explain why he was wearing that. He's often done the the hood and then the cap perched on. It's, and it's not it's not no. shoved on there either. Like, it's not affixed to his head. It's just perched on top. It's such a meme. It's such a meme. And it's so bizarre. Anyway, since last week, people online have been commenting on how low effort Justin presents Mm. when he's with Hayley. Mm. Beyond them seeming to never dress for the same event, it's always pretty mismatched, I guess. Last week's instance was the worst one yet because this was her event, like it was a big deal for her. Yeah, I think people are
0: seeing it differently. It's not just like they look like they're going to two separate occasions. Mm. We know they're going to Haley's launch. I think the public is watching on saying, okay, we get that Justin likes to dress in sweats and he likes to go to restaurants in sweats and whatever, Mm. but if it's your wife's launch of a product that she's worked really hard for, shouldn't you, instead of just dressing to your own personal style, dress up to match her and be seen to be making an effort for your wife? I find this fascinating as a conversation topic and people on TikTok are really running with this and are getting hundreds of thousands of likes for their sentiment. We're going to play you a snippet from one TikToker. Her username is at Michelle Talk. Hello. (laughs) At Michelle Talk, And she summed up the public sentiment really, really well. Here's what she said
1: him showing up looking like a slob tells me that this event wasn't important to him and he didn't really care to be there not to mention the walking behind her and not beside her not even holding the door open for her not helping her out of the car you'd never see george and amal clooney walking like that i know you guys are gonna say oh we don't know what they do in private we don't you're right he disrespects her in public knowing how people talk about her and talk about them together yeah so comments on this video are so fascinating they include like, why did he even go? <laughs> if I was having a launch party about a product I was passionate about, my husband would never wear this out of sheer respect for me. Mm. People make the excuse that maybe he's having a bad day, but it seems like he's always having a bad day when he's with her. I don't like that one. I don't like that
0: I, one. I, I just, what do you think? Do you care? Do you think it's a sign of disrespect for a partner
1: to rock up to his wife's event dressed in sweatpants? I think it is. And like, like we've touched on in this episode, celebrities think about this stuff far more than the average person. So if this happened with another couple, and I don't know, the guy wasn't always slaying and the girl always was, I wouldn't think too much of it. When you're a celebrity, you, I guess it sucks, but you expect people to speculate. And also the history of their relationship is, is that people do that. Like they speculate about the way he treats her and like all that kind of Mm. thing. So I just don't really understand why he doesn't just try a little bit harder to match her vibe. I hear you. And I'm not dedicated or
0: like committed to either opinion because as you were speaking and it occurred to me, we're talking about a couple, at least in Hailey Bieber, who are very good at marketing, right? Hailey knows how to get social media talking about her. Hayley knows that there is a long-running commentary that you just pointed to of people saying, they're so mismatched. They never look the same. It's kind of funny. Like, she's dressed for a red carpet event, he's dressed for watching a movie at home on the couch. If she knows that, if she knows that people are posting videos of that, posting photos of that, I mean, we posted it on the Shameless Podcast account because it's become a meme now. The fact that these two are never dressed for the same event has become a meme that people want to post and that hundreds of thousands of people care about. Yeah, Is that not the perfect way to get people to talk about her event? We're sitting here for the second week in a row now talking about her event because he wasn't dressed properly for it. So could it not be, given how smart we know Haley Bieber is when it comes to getting attention and getting social media hype, could this not have been a conversation to be like, hey, this meme has been working, people are talking about this, why change it with the launch? The launch is the perfect time to have people talk about it again, post about it again. And then, yes, they're talking about Justin dressing differently, but they're all going to come back to the fact that it was a launch for the road peptide glazing fluid.
1: I get that, that that could be a possibility. I just don't think it aligns with all of the comments she's made in the past about how this kind of attention about her personal life in this Mm. way have been really hard for her. Mm. Like, in that sense, I'm kind of confused as to why this would be the decision, the PR decision would be made.
0: Yeah, I I think so. But I think as well, like, I think Hayley and Justin are actually more secure in their relationship than anyone on TikTok gives them credit for. Mm. I saw one really interesting video of them behind the scenes, right? Like they were just going from a sprinter van, I think, to a a private jet or a helicopter or whatever, maybe even a boat. They were going from one place to another. It wasn't a public event where everyone was watching them. They were holding hands. They were really cute together. They were close by. These two have resting bitch face, right? (laughs) So when paps get photos of them, they always look unhappy. They always look like they're having a terrible time. But if you actually really look at them, in moments together, they actually are quite loving towards each other. I know we can chop up snippets where it looks like that's not the case, but to be honest, you could do that about anyone's relationship under the sun if they were being followed to the extent that Justin and Haley are. There is plenty of evidence out there, if the people actually want to open their eyes to it, that these two love each other a lot. So if they're feeling secure and they know that this will get social media hype and the ultimate goal is to sell more road products... Mm. Maybe they would. I think it would be silly for us to expect that they wouldn't. I also think we can't forget Justin has a personal style of his own. He is a celebrity, everything is brand building. I have not seen Justin Bieber dress up in a very long time. He does have collabs with clothing houses, he does profit off what he wears as well. So maybe they're willing to take the good with the bad. They know people will talk about it. They know people will doubt their relationship, but maybe they actually back their relationship so much they don't give a fuck and they're willing to they're willing to let this run its course and play to the meme because they yeah. know the meme will ultimately
1: serve them in the long run. Yeah. The meme has been memeing, the so meme- I guess perhaps it's a smart move. We shared it on true. Shameless
0: and it got over 10,000 likes. People were commenting about it. I can see how it might be interpreted as disrespect, but...
1: Hayley seems to be doing fine. And also, I guess maybe it's like Slay that by comparison, she <laughs> looks absolutely incredible because yeah. he's always looking kind of sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe actually
0: doing her a favour because she everyone's
1: just constantly talking about how gorgeous <laughs> Haley Bieber is and maybe it's because he's standing by her looking like a bit of a couch potato <laughs> gotta find me one of those men <laughs> our fifth and final story for today's
0: episode friends director reveals it was a struggle to work with not funny Helen Baxendale but he had no time to recast her David Schwimmer had no one to bounce off he said that was from the Daily Mail that Do is we re- so brutal <laughs> Story. It's so funny. Do you remember Emily from Friends? I
1: do. I loved Emily from Friends. What? <laughs> hang on hang on hang on sit with that for a second she She... sit with that for a second no I back what I said you loved okay picture this you're at your wedding you met this man you love him Ross Geller paleontologist paleontologist. okay I'm there I'm closing my eyes you're about to say I do but he says Rachel's name instead no don't get me wrong heartbreaking she was put through the ringer Emily was put <laughs> through the ringer by having Rachel's name said at the altar,
0: and I will feel sorry for that TV character for having that experience. I I didn't like her on TV, but in a way that served the show. Mm. I didn't like Emily. I thought she was annoying. I thought she was a killjoy. I didn't find her funny, but I liked her role in that plot. Yeah, Like yeah. I think she was what we needed, but I hated the character Herself. Shall we get to what the hell the Friends director said about her this week, or said about the actress this yeah. week? <gasps>
1: Helen, if you're out there, oh we are sending you love. Yeah. So, sitcom director James Burroughs has just released a memoir and is absolutely savage. Sauvage. Savage. Savage <laughs> about <laughs> Helen. He wrote, She was nice, but not particularly funny. Oh. David Schwimmer had no one to bounce off. It was like clapping with one hand. <laughs> I think the worst thing you could ever say to me
0: is nice, not particularly funny. Imagine telling someone that having a conversation with them or trying to have banter with them was like clapping with one hand.
1: It's also like she wasn't in that many episodes. Why are you rehashing this? It just seems like so random. So random, like 25 or 30 years later to come out with this. He went on. He did not
0: stop there. He wrote, in sitcoms and any type of romantic comedy, the funny is just as important as the chemistry. We discovered that any new girlfriend for Ross needed to be as funny as Rachel. Often you can't recast because of tight shooting deadlines or other logistical considerations. You don't cast anyone to be a straw man unless it's for one episode. So he's implying she was a straw man. (laughs) You need someone who gets laughs. Sometimes you create an arc and it ain't working out, so you have to get rid of that person. If it's a day player, it's a quick goodbye. The reverse is also true. If there's chemistry, the writers go back to work to
1: figure out some way of keeping the actor. I don't really understand because it's like, wouldn't you want the chemistry between Ross and Emily to be a little lacking so that we end up rooting for Ross and Rachel. Uh,
0: yeah, he's written this as if he wanted Emily to be so funny, or the or the actor rather, Helen Baxendale, to be so funny that she just stuck around. She like, was just a new cast member. Yeah, she was oh, endgame. Fu- Why would that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that doesn't make any point? Emily process. was never going to be endgame. No.
0: It was so good that Emily was the wife for a hot second and then didn't want to see Ross and divorced him. Like yeah. That was so perfect for the show. It's bizarre to me that this director looks back and goes, I really fucked that one up. Poor yeah. Helen. But also, like, the show was
1: so good and that plot line is so many people's favourites. Let Helen rest. <laughs> no offence to James, but if he's writing this tidbit in his memoir, I don't know if much has happened in his life. Is that Savage? Yes, I'm fighting not. Savage with
0: Savage. I think this I think this could have been cut mind you I would never be I hope I'm never the kind of person to write a memoir and just go bang <laughs> to some random person about 30 years ago for what five or six episodes it's so so brutal I'm just I'm just really confused I'm sending love to Helen <laughs> and if Helen's listening which she's British so maybe let's get she's, her on the show she is let's get her on Chables in conversation. I thought you played an unlikable character to perfection Helen keep it up. Love, it up. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love why do I sound like I'm a I'm a chronic smoker? What just happened in my
1: throat? Then? We need to get out of here. <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's episode of Shameless. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow go. us. You can do oh. it. You can do it. Go for it. I listen to you guys every week. Surely I can nail this. What do we say next? As always, we are on socials. You can mm. follow us on Instagram at shamelesspodcast and on TikTok at shameless underscore podcast. Go,
0: girly. Thank you for producing and editing this episode, Annabelle Lee. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for co-hosting alongside me. We will be back in your ears, ne- of course, on Monday with Scandal, but then next Thursday we'll be back in Melbs. Back with our Zazzle, and we'll speak to you
1: then. Yay! Bye! Bye.
0: Shameless Media. Hello, guys. Mish here. I am the co founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish if you want to take the long way through